What's going on, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls? It's your host with the most, the beast from the East, your global icon and national treasure, your lovable global supervillain, Starks. And we're back with another wonderful episode of the Fake Wolf Pack Podcast. Um, we got a lot of things to talk about, so let's jump right into it. Um, last Thursday's Impact. And I want to say this was a very good show, and it's up competing against the likes of SmackDown, Raw, NXT, New Japan, and Ring of Honor. So for these guys to be able to compete and still put out a, a syndicated show every week and, and do some pay-per-views, um, everybody wants to shoot them as the undercard or not the big feller or... Um, they just don't look at them as top quality athletes and everybody puts the WWE in such a pinnacle. Um, watching Impact, if you're looking for wrestling, it starts off with wrestling. I'm not waiting 30 minutes for a conversation, then I'm going to get a match that doesn't even lead to anything. So this week it starts off with uh, the team of Z&E facing Eli Drake and Scott Steiner. And Z&E come out, man. These young bucks come out a blazing, and we get a big upset victory. Um, I had some critiques of Scott Steiner, and I want to say he did very good of putting these gentlemen over. He created a, a very good dynamic between him and Eli Drake. They, their machismo, their arrogance fits so well like a glove. So to see things not going so well for them. It didn't feel forced. It seemed like a very natural occurrence. I, I like the story writing. I like the plot for that. I, I'm very interested to see what Z&E is going to do with the belts. I love that, you know, with a just a regular weekly show there, we got some belt changes. We're, it's, it's very exciting. You got to keep up with it. Um... The Kira Hogan and Tessa Blanchard match, uh, that one was not the best Impact match uh, I've seen in a while. That was kind of, uh, it just didn't rub me the right way, all pun intended. I think Kira Hogan needs to come a little, she needs to be a little more stiffer with her punches. Everything looked a, a little too soft. I don't know if there was something said beforehand. But those punches and everything, it just it didn't really give off a really believable vibe. It didn't it just didn't resonate with me that she was doing any damage. And you know, if you watch the match and you see how it went, Tessa Blanchard coming out on top, she didn't do any damage. But she looked good while doing so. Uh, I like the the interference from Madison Rain. I'm not too familiar with her, but hopefully we get a Madison Rain. Tessa Blanchard match. I think that'd be entertaining. I gotta go back and look and um, do some more research on her. But uh, Josh Matthews, who we hope to get on the show, he said that she was a two times Impact Tag Team Knockout. I'm sorry, a two time Knockout Tag Team Champion. In which, once again, Impact Trailblazing, doing it up and doing it big. Uh, they had a tag team belts. For women way before WWE. Still no announcement about that. Um, that was That's interesting. Hopefully we can get those two in the ring and get a quality, high quality match. Um, 
the Eddie, I can't remember Eddie's last name, but Eddie versus Sammy Callahan, uh, that was a brutal hardcore match. Uh, it's kind of hard for me to watch hardcore matches nowadays, man. I really don't like to see those because um, it's it's just it's just brutal, bro. Like there's no there's no faking and chair shots and all that type of shit. I don't think we need to mutilate and hurt each other to get um, premium entertainment. But you know, I'm not gonna take away from the hardcore era. I just I just think it kind of needs to, to die down. We can get more diverse and, and in-depth matches. But for this particular feud, a hardcore match was called for. Um, everything that led up to it between the tag matches and and the other matches, the mixed tags with involving Tommy Dreamer and Eddie being up under Tommy Dreamer's wing and not really listening to and hearing to the sage advice Tommy Dreamer's trying to give him, I think... Um, it just played out very, very well. And with Sammy Callahan attacking the uh, Impact GM, which that was a little cliche. It was a little bad acting on it, uh, a lot bad acting. But it really, really drove home the point on that one. Um, so that hardcore match was very needed, but I'm pretty sure and I'm certain that's not the end of the Eddie versus Sammy Callahan OVE battle. Hopefully we get to see some OVE action uh, going for those tag team belts. I think that would be dope. I haven't seen um, a OVE versus LAX match. Uh, kind of looking forward to finding that and looking at that one. Uh, the Austin Aries, Matt Seidel versus Phantasma and Pentagon Jr. That was a very interesting match. I learned a lot more about Austin Aries in that matchup. Um, I've only seen a few of his matches, and they're all very slapsticky, um, which is cool. I'm not hating on his particular wrestling style, which is needed, and it's very different. And he can still he can still grapple. He can still do uh, a lot of shooting moves. He he can throw some stiff punches. He's coming off the ropes. Um, everything else still going on with it. He still has a, a level of comedicness. In, in the ring, but outside of the ring, that doesn't really show through and resonate that he is funny and has a comedic side. So that's just my only critique of Austin Aries. But I'm looking forward to the Austin Aries Pentagon Jr. match. I think that's going to be really good. Pentagon, man, he's an amazing performer, really good with the crowd. That's that I've, that character in my eyes needs more of a push. Um, not really sold on Phantasma. First, Matt Seidel. I'm not really sold on Matt Seidel. It's kind of boring, but the wokeness, third eye open, Zen masterness of him is pretty cool, and he he really does show that in the ring. So I just need to give him more of a chance and watch a little bit more of it. Um, overall, man, Impact this week was very impactful, all pun intended. They came through and uh, put on a very good show. Um, different matches from all around, just a lot of wrestling, a lot, a lot of wrestling. Um, what I find for me personally is I don't want to sift through 30 minutes of talking. And I keep saying 30 minutes of talking because I honestly be like, shit, God damn it, why are they talking so much about nothing and never getting to matches that really resonate? Um, but all moves matter in impact and they make them count. They're doing a really good job of selling Brian Cage. 
he's out actually on a some type of world tour or some shit like that of him just beating up everybody and just going out there they're trying to make him in my eyes i'm calling it early trying to make him like hulk hogan like just a super beefed up more athletic working hulk hogan and when i say that i'm saying they just want him to be larger than life and to be that guy uh, the reason why I didn't say like The Rock or Stone Cold is because those dudes had more machismo, more character, more swagger than Hogan. Uh, Hogan, you just lived off of the fact of that he was big, he was brawny, and he knew what was right. So that was like the ground basis of his character. Um, as the you know the red and yellow Hogan, but when he became negative, it was it was he was big, he was bad, and he was Hogan. So all that being said, they're not really doing too much on the development of Brian Cage as a person, but the Brian Cage figure, it's big, it's athletic, it's dominating, and you're not getting a lot of mic work. But I feel like we're gonna get this Hogan esque push and drive from this guy i could be wrong i'm okay with being wrong that makes you know the podcast more interesting when i'm wrong next on the menu is nxt you guys are gonna start to learn to appreciate these raw ass jokes i'll be coming with my comedic timing is impeccable um let's let's do this let's just go all crazy with it um I really like Pete Dunn. Pause. Pete Dunn, man. Uh, the bruiser weight. Really good wrestler. Very well de- developed. I wish there was just more UK matches. Those guys are out here. They're putting on a, a way better show than what I'm seeing a lot of time on the main roster. I think if there was more involvement with the United Kingdom's championship in either NXT or if it was just more on main event, which they're trying to make relevant... Um, if they just did more things with it, I'd be more satisfied, satisfied with it. Um, the Undisputed Era versus Pete Dunne and, uh, Oni, I can't remember Oni's last name, but that six-way tag match, really good, very entertaining. It had turmoil behind it. It had reasons for those matches. Um, so I liked the development of those two factions, the Velveteen Dream versus Ricochet match. I think I might be the only person on the internet who's really not hyped for that. I don't, I don't like the Velveteen Dream's character, but I like him as a wrestler. Um, he, he doesn't act like Prince, even though it's supposed to be like a Prince tribute, but he doesn't act like Prince. He acts more like a black gold dust. That's my opinion. The guy can wrestle. Don't get me wrong. Um, as far as seeing him on the main roster, uh, I've, I've read a, a interesting thesis that they they would just ruin him and make him uh, a B-level jobber. And I kind of agree with that. I kind of would like to see Velveteen Dream take his talent somewhere else. And I think he would be amazing in other places. Um, him and Ricochet put on a very good match uh, until they got interrupted by Lars Sullivan, and 
that pickup and that dynamic is cool because now we're getting a chase for the NXT championship. There's not really a push for the North American title, which is all cool. And I think that just is going to give them some more time to develop it. But Undisputed Era has got their own things going on. Um, but it's it's giving Lars Sullivan more more action and more time. And um, it's just not that too many other big guys for him to go in there with. I think... It's going to lead up for a three-way match, and that, to me, is it's okay, because then we get to see Ricochet with a more larger competitors and actually have to do some real striking. Um, Ricochet has a lot of charisma. It comes off like arrogance, but it just seems like everybody just likes him so much because he just does flips. And if that's the case, then go watch 205 Live. I don't think he could hang with a lot of people. Um, I would like to see a, a match between him and Seth Rollins, but I don't think Ricochet's moveset would really fare well against Rollins. I think it would be more entertaining against him versus Finn Balor or somebody of that stature or whatever. But this is just, you know, just my opinions on it. I liked the Lacey Evans and Kyrie Zayn developments. Uh, Kyrie Zayn might be my favorite woman wrestler in NXT right now. Um, yo, man, no mic work, but... She tells stories through emotions and facial expressions, and she's very good at it. She's doing a lot to help sell this Lacey Evans uh, feud, and uh, hopefully we... I know we're going to get a match from those two sometime soon, so hopefully that leads to um, just more of a push for this women's championship. I don't remember the last time I seen Shayna Blazer in a match. Since that Ember Moon match. Um, I missed a few NXTs here and there. Before starting the show properly. Uh, but. You know hopefully we get to see that again. The biggest thing. In the NXT episode. This week for me was. The the Champa And. Uh, Candice Wrestling. Developments. Yo. Champa is the best heel. Coming out to the Johnny Wrestling music and shutting down the crowd every time. If you notice, um, he just comes out to heat. Just straight booze every trip. And which gives him this super negative persona. I don't think I've ever really seen that too much with... I can't really think of another wrestler, another heel, really, who just came out to nothing. Like, no music, just booze and people just mad. And I think that really, just really opening up the box for him to be this villainous character. I read an interesting theory that someone thinks that this whole time Candice has been cheating with Champa, and that's going to be the new developments or whatever have you. That'd be interesting. <laughs> That'd be cool. But that's just going to be some real world uh, tacky drama. Um, hopefully we get another Johnny Wrestling versus Champa match. Hopefully we get Johnny Wrestling back in the ring. I'm not sure on what's going on with his injury, but I've got it in my notes to look at it and 
by the next time we have another NXT episode, I'll talk about it. Um, but I hope to see. I want to see. I think we already had it. Champa versus Lars Sullivan. Champa shut him up, man. Like I want to. I want to see more matches with Champa, man. I want to see him go for like that North American title. I want to see him fuck up the undisputed era. Give them guys some some trouble, some more problems, or something like that. Um, I just want to see more Champa. He's he's very entertaining. He's doing a great job on the heel work. Maybe if we got the the team of Champa and Shayna Blazer just to fuck up the game and create more turmoil, I think that would be kind of tight. Because what she's doing to people in the locker room and everything going on is fucking amazing. So hopefully we get more of that. So let's get into this week's episode of Raw. Initially, I know it's on everybody else's mind. Fucking tired of Roman Reigns. <laughs> I'm, I'm so I'm so done with trying to give him some type of storyline, making him relevant in any kind of a way. There's like 50 other people on the roster that don't ever get used, but every week we either get Roman Reigns versus Kevin Owens in some type of a way, or him in some type of a match that he's just going to fizzle out of or the fans just don't give a fuck or the match doesn't even add up to anything it just don't even matter so you know what we open up with more matches that don't matter we get roman reigns versus kevin owens just because stephanie mcmahon said so um i don't understand the dynamic for either one of those two i think if it started off with gender mahal i think that would have been a better idea i would have had it would have made more sense if we got a 15-minute match between Roman and Gender instead of a tag match with Roman and Seth Rollins, who aren't the Shield anymore, and they, we acknowledge that they aren't, and they don't work together, um, that aren't the Shield, and first Kevin Owens and, and Gender Mahal, which who don't have any relation but work together well as a tag team. So, you know, whatever. You get that match. Um... I, I didn't understand the placement of that one. Uh, we got Stephanie McMahon back shit-talking, doing what she does best of stirring the pot. They try to make her like she's some evil genius and she just outsmarts everyone. And she just does a bad job of acting like such. She tells all her lines before she gives them. Um, I don't know if it's because I've just been looking in more into cinema and people acting and just things of that nature. Uh, I hate I hate a tell. I hate that you give the emotion of what you're about to say before you say it. Um, but over the time, I feel like Stephanie has probably gotten better. But no, I don't know. I got to go back and look at younger Stephanie McMahon and see how, how she fared. I, I just didn't like what was happening with that one. Um the pseudo shield reunion was kind of cool i think it would be dope if they just ran for the tag team titles or something like that but that's just my call that's my opinion on it the ember moon versus alexa bliss uh storyline if you want to call it it's alexa bliss gotta stop fighting niggas like, you know what I mean? On, on the low, she's going to start looking like a racist if every if all her problems are just with black people. <laughs> like, we got to <laughs> we gotta chill out. Um, 
the match was cool. It was entertaining. I always hate on her as a wrestler, but she does a pretty decent job as a heel wrestler. Um, I just don't like the lack of moves wrestlers have in the WWE. They might be using like four to five moves, to be honest with you. But she she did a very good job as being a heel. She does a very good job of showing you her frustrations. Uh, just like what I was telling, uh, what I was saying about Stephanie McMahon having a tail before she says anything. You gotta look at her face. Like, her eyes and everything give away that, all right, so we got to have a big drop. We got to have a big comment. We got to have a big moment coming up. You know what I mean? She just she just doesn't know how to say some shit and just do it coolly or just do it villainously. She just does it so stiff that it's just you just know that it's coming before she even says anything. Um, but nonetheless, a good match between Ember Moon and Alexa Bliss. Why is Alexa Bliss still wrestling in t-shirts? Um, not trying to over-sexualize the whole situation, but what what in the world is going on there? <laughs> what happened? Uh, I think for the amount of people who go online, if y'all ever look at that, y'all, man, dudes are weird. The amount of dudes who go online just to get, like, some some folded butt shots of Alexa Bliss is wild. I think they would try to appeal more to the people who are putting dollars in their pockets. But, hey, I don't know shit. Uh, I liked the Riot Squad versus Dana Brooks versus Natalya Hart qualifying match. Not what I thought was going to happen. Um... You got you got all these you got all these factions of women groups and no fucking tag team titles for them to work at. So we get Dana Brooks in a match who hasn't been in I haven't seen her in a fucking match all year long. Um the Royal Rumble, I think she was there, which is kinda disrespectful. But she's in that match. We get Natalia, uh, who has apparently just been over for so long. That it's to the point where they're talking about her experience on shit. Like, when they, when they can't talk to you about shit else except for, you know, you got a lot of experience in the ring, you're fucking washed. Um, to each his own on that, uh, uh, I feel like they're just filling up the, the, the money in the bank with a bunch of people who, it doesn't feel like anybody's going to win except for, I'll say Charlotte. Uh, that's my call for Charlotte or Ember Moon. Those are the only two people I feel like who have an actual contested chance of winning this this match. But nonetheless, the Fatal Four Away with Liv Morgan, Sarah Logan, Dana Brooke, and Natalia Hart. Everybody's gotta have two fucking names now. Um, <laughs> the Fatal Four Away. It. The Riot Squad has just been putting on a really good show of wrestling and a really good show of like teamwork of just actually being a team and being a group and being a faction. You can really see that and it really resonates with them and how they move as a, a unit, as a group. Um, I think that the throwing in of Dana Brooke ruined the dynamic of that match. Um, she was in the match for like little to no time. She didn't get any big moves. She didn't get any real face time. 
I don't even think they showed her coming out to the ring. Uh, they did her really shitty as far as showing who she was. It was like you got to see the back of Sarah Logan. And when they were trying to show Dana Brooke, she was just null and void. I don't know what's going on there, but I noticed that, that she didn't get really too much love or camera time in the whole situation. And Natalia coming out of literally nowhere and winning the match just didn't seem right. I think it would have been better if, if Sarah Logan would have won that match while Liv Morgan was outside the ring, then that would have shown more of a dynamic. Or if, like, one of the other put the other one on and, like, boom, yeah, we're going to do this for the squad. That would have resonated more for what the Riot Squad is for me in my book. Um, but I think they did a good job of of showing how well they can work together. They really need to do these fucking tag team belts. At least just one fucking set because you're wasting the dynamics of the factions that you have started with nothing. It's a whole bunch of roads that lead to, to nowhere. Uh, that's like my biggest gripe on anything that WWE is doing. It's just a bunch of roads that lead to nothing and a bunch of storylines that just mean shit. Uh, Bobby Lashley's Sami Zayn, their storyline means shit. It doesn't even go anywhere. It's not even entertaining. Bobby Lassie is good on the microphone. Sami Zayn is good on the microphone. The, the The whole interaction with the sisters was just was just why it just didn't it didn't make any sense to me. Elias and Bobby Roode, both of these guys should be holding some gold right now. Both of them. Uh, Elias is very well earned and deserved. The crowd loves him. He puts over people every every week, right? Still, he's not in any con in any runnings for any type of a belt or any situation. I don't even think the man's in Money in the Bank. Um, same thing with Bobby Roode. Very good on the microphone. Very good on selling it. Very good in the ring. Has a nice move set. And you're just wasting the two of them going at each other. Same thing with Baron Corbin and No Way Jose. No Way Jose is very entertaining, and you just keep having him go against Baron Corbin because Baron Corbin doesn't like people having fun. Well, there's no depth to that at all. But, you know, whatever. Uh, Finn Balor and Braun Strowman closing out the show. Why are those two even facing each other? You just had them be partners. Is it to show that money in the bank could be a wild card? No shit, Sherlock. It was, you knew who was going to win from the jump because Finn Balor has no grappling or submission moves. He's a series of kicks, elbow strikes, and um, sling blades. He's got the coup de gras, and that's about that. So how the fuck was he going to beat Braun Strowman, who is just nothing but strike moves? Braun Strowman ain't going to put nobody in a fucking headlock. He's not trying to make you tap out. He's not doing anything creative like that. Not to say that he's not a creative person or a good wrestler, but that's just not his moveset. He's a big man, so he plays like a big man. He acts like a big man. He's just really selling this big man character. So all that goes on. I think it would have been a better fit if we got Braun, Braun Strowman versus, like, like, if you just put him in the... It, why is Braun Strowman not fighting Brock Lesnar? Why, why do we have Braun Strowman out here every fucking week, right? And it's just not doing... It's just a waste of this talent that's really getting a big push. 
the why is there not more of the Finn Balor Seth Rollins uh, dynamic? I think that was pretty good. They have more of a camaraderie and more of an even skill set of a match. I just it's just not putting your aces in your places. That's just my opinion. Um, hopefully, and here goes some wild off the cup. I'm sorry, shooting from fifty predictions. Hopefully, we we get more. How can I say? Hopefully, we get more of a purpose for Braun Strowman. Uh, he grows and grows on me. Pause every week because he's good on the microphone and he really puts people over. Um, the tag match that he had with Dolph Ziggler and Drew McIntyre, Finn Balor, that whole thing. He did a really good job of selling everyone. Like those guys, he exposed the fact that not that good of wrestlers. Drew McIntyre is real scared, scared of him. It, you know what? Take this back here. It would have made more sense if we had a Drew McIntyre versus Braun Strowman match, which people would like to see instead of this Finn Balor. There was no reason for those two to to go, and I think it would have showed more of Stephanie's super maniacal mind if she just had those two guys in a matchup instead of this random Dolph Ziggler, Chad Gable. I'm going to blow you out the waters match. Um, so, you know, to it, it's just more more of a con- concrete way of making things work. Uh, we'll wrap it up on the Nia Jackson-Ronda Rousey match. The idea is, the idea that Stephanie McMahon duped those two women, these two great athletes, into really disliking each other is unbelievable like not i'm saying like wow like wow that's so smart i'm saying like it's unbelievable like i just don't believe that you really you you're gonna once again are we playing that ronda rousey is stupid and that nia Jax is just big and bony and doesn't know anything so we can just be they can be manipulated easily by stephanie mcmahon and making this more of a promising and impactful match that shit didn't even matter i think if we went into it as a competitors, I'm just trying to be the best that I can be thing that would help Nia Jax more on being this impactful, powerful role model that she's shooting to be or which they were trying to shoot her to be with with what is that? Um, that Alexa Bliss match and storyline and everything they had going for it. I think that I think. I think it could have been handled a lot differently. We could have had more of Ronda Rousey really working the microphone and saying of showing her wits and showing more of her character, but of her trying to portray herself as uh, this this badass and she's just down for anything and everything. She should have tried to put Nia Jax through this table. We should have had a scuffle or something like that, but we didn't. We just got them manipulated and used. That's the same storyline they used for fucking WrestleMania. I don't think anybody forgot that, but um, they're going to take that title away from Nia Jax. I'm calling that right now. And that's going to be... I don't think Ronda hasn't fought in a singles match yet. You know what I mean? She's just been on tag matches and doing shit, and... For her to come in and do this is it's a real slap in the face to the to the roster and all those she's really nice in the locker room and everything, but 
It's just not really developing this character and doing much and making her work. Put her in a fucking money in the bank. Like, I don't I don't understand that. Why is she just instantly skipping the line and doing something? But, hey, to each his own. I don't run that company. I'm just some dude on the internet talking shit. And I'm pretty good at it. Um, my predictions are usually on point. So, we'll see what happens next week. Uh, let's give some predictions for SmackDown tonight. Uh, I'm gonna keep saying it. Maybe we'll get that women's tag team tournament going. Hopefully that starts happening. Maybe Paige will make that announcement. Um, uh, what is the stipulation for the Shinsuke Nakamura AJ Styles match? Uh, I want to say cage, hell in a cell. That's my two things. Or, or he'll be typical and make it a fucking ladder match. So, ladder match is my bottom choice. Cage is my top choice. Hell in a Cell, number two. Um, Billy Kay is going to beat Lana. She'll qualify in. And Jeff Hardy is not going to lose the title. So, he's going to beat Daniel Bryan. And there's going to be a bunch of matches that don't even matter. So let's see if I'm right. Uh, follow the podcast on Twitter and Instagram at Fake Wolf Pact. F-A-K-E-W-O-L-F-P-A-C-T. All one word. You can follow me on all social medias at F-U-C-K underscore S-T-A-R-K-K-S. Um Hit me with some comments. Hit me hit me with some information. Give me some critiques. Uh, tell me if I miss something. Um, I do. I keep saying it, guys. I'm just waiting until I build some more content, get some things out here. But I got some, some really good interviews lined up. Um, just picking and choosing and waiting to strike for a really, really good time, an opportune time to do it and put them out. Um, but, you know, hit me. Tell me, tell me what's good. Tell me what's not. Uh, peace. Be safe.